Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Geezer's Grief. Today we're joined by our guest, Mr. Ross Wilkins, who talks about the passing of his dad, Mr. Ray Wilkins. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me down, guys. Thank mm. you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for agreeing to come on, mate. Really appreciate it. No worries at all. Um, how do you sort of normally feel about talking about your dad and your grief and stuff? Yeah, I think we spoke before we started today, and I think for, for me it's been a really important thing to talk about him and, and the whole episode, really, um, in terms of trying to help other people get through their, their experience using mine. Um, so really happy to be here and talk about that experience. Yeah, I think it's good because... Um like people who do go through grief all share the same thing you might be like completely different people but you understand mm. how that person's feeling so yeah that's why we're sort of trying to get as many people on our sort of podcast um to try and share their stories and because people will go through grief at one point at or one another. point in their mm-hmm. life so and it's all different for everyone else isn't yeah it? Exactly. so if they can relate to one of your podcasts maybe it gives them a little yeah. bit of yeah. sense of reality mm-hmm. to yeah definitely. definitely and like everyone knows people are different uh you have grief from different ways in that but like you say everyone can relate to some way or another can't they with their grief so yeah thanks again for sharing mate no problems um so yeah we're gonna start off mate i think obviously a lot of people will know who your dad was obviously Mm -hmm. from the status like being a footballer really legendary footballer um but probably not a lot of people know him as the father or husband so over to you mate i'll let you explain yeah no he was a he was a lovely dad to be fair um he's probably my best best mate in the world um we grew up obviously up in manchester when i was first born in stockport um, and moved around a hell of a lot so we ended up in milan paris scotland um before we came back down to london um so obviously when you're moving around like that you do get really close as a family um obviously my sister was born in in milan um, when we were out there as well so she she came part of the family and we kind of just moved around together um, I think when you're moving you don't have a lot of strong friendship groups especially as kids because you go to a school you make friends then all of a sudden you're ripped away from that two years down the line you have to go to another school make new friends and do the same process again and the one constant that's there are your mum and dad yeah um, there was none more so that when when I got a bit older uh, about 17 18 I suffered with mental health issues and um, quite bad at one point and, and dad was phenomenal he really stepped up to the plate and became that that guy you always imagined when you were a kid you know that real strong character in your life the one you thought you could depend on um and he really helped me out through that process so our bond was really good um to the point where he was best man at the wedding um and you know till the day he died he was my best friend oh that's lovely mate and to be fair at least like even though he's gone and i think he was 61 when he was passed mm-hmm. wasn't he but at least you had like a really good bond with him and at least like you can say like he was your best friend and he was like that's a special memory to have like he was the best man at, at your wedding and stuff like that. even though all the stuff he achieved as like in his career and stuff like that I bet something like that being your best man like sticks out by a mile doesn't it yeah and I think it was weird I think people thought what's this all about but actually I didn't know that life that we'd had you know and I think you know traditionally you can just have your mates do it and stuff like that but it felt really special to have him part of that day yeah I bet he loved that as well, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was a proper proud moment for him, to be fair. Did he yeah. organise a stag do and all? <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine. No, I left out to my two best mates. There's a, there's a couple of twins that I've got and a, and a guy called Matt, Matt Richardson. Um, and I had two stag do's. I was very lucky. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, greedy, mate. We won't like. go into that. <laughs> so I remember when um, I heard your dad had these accidents and stuff like that. I was yeah. working with brother, actually, and it came on on TalkSport on the radio. Mm. And it was literally like, I think, a month after my dad died. And I, I was like, bloody hell, like, it's two young 
sort of guys and they've like had accidents and stuff like that. So what did sort of happen? So he was he was going up some stairs. Um, unfortunately, had a heart attack during that that process and fell backwards. And unfortunately, that's that's where it kind of ended for him. Um, it's just it's just horrendous accident, really tragic. Um, but something that really can't be prevented. He had he had heart problems. He had just had heart surgery about I think it was nearly 12 months before the accident. Oh really? Yeah. Um, so he did have some problems there, but we thought he was coming through the back end of that. Um, and it, I think it's just a very unfortunate accident where it happened. If it happened anywhere else, we'd probably found him and he'd been fine. But I think because you're on stairs and you fall back and you hit your head now, and yeah, you're not coming back from that. No, unfortunately. No, no. no it's um, like I say, it's just awful, isn't it? But um, it's one of them things you can't really prevent. But at least um, you've got them good memories that you can take with you, mate. I think the hardest thing is like when um, it's not that accident itself, is it? It's when you get the phone call to say something's yeah. gone wrong, right? I remember being in bed and I had to get up for a meeting at like five o'clock in the morning. Um, and my wife woke me up at like midnight and she was like, oh, your dad's been taken to hospital. And I was like, oh, fine, okay, cool. And she was like, no, no, I think we need to go to hospital. Your mum's called and it's really serious. And I said, right, well, what I'll do, I'll put my, I'll get my clothes on that. And it was almost like my brain knew something was seriously wrong because I was trying to prevent myself actually going there. So I ended up getting dressed for work at like one in the morning, thinking I was gonna go from the hospital to work. And I mean, the minute I walked in and saw him in the condition he was in, I knew that it was, you know, I wasn't going to work the next day. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. for sure. But your brain kind of, emotionally, it worked in a really weird way. And I found that really awkward and, and strange to try and understand initially. Yes, it is weird. Um, I guess where you said he had his heart problems like that, in your head you're thinking, oh, it's just a routine sort of check. Yeah. Something, it'd be fine. Mm. It's your dad, like, he's your superhero and stuff like that. It'd be strong as an ox. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. It's that thing when you look at your dad, you think you see them as this kind of like superhuman beast or like, even at the age of 34, 35, 38, 39, whatever you are, you're going to see that person as, mm -hmm. as someone that's almost untouchable. Yeah. And then to see them to go from that to a hospital bed you know, with drips hanging off them and tubes wherever, um, that's a real shocking thing to see. And then all of a sudden you get this wave come over you through the days when they're in hospital that, hang on a minute, I might need to step up to the plate here because this doesn't look like it's going the way we, we want it to, you know? And that's a big moment for anyone. Yeah, definitely. It's sort of, um, I think sometimes it makes you feel like as if you're living in a bubble, like you don't, you don't ever expect that to sort of happen, do you? Yeah. And like we've said, it is going to happen to everyone and it just sort of, it makes you realise it's think, life and yeah, it, it, think, you, um, no one's invincible and it, it is going to happen. But I think when you look at your mum and dad, you think they're going to grow old together. The, you'll be on endless amount of holidays and then something does happen like that. It's like, oh, bloody hell, like, it is real life. Like, stuff like this does happen yeah. to like yourself because you never think, people think... Um, you hear about it. Yeah. This is how I think, like, before, obviously, our dads, I don't know if you felt about it, but you hear about it with other people and you think... You just never ever think it's going to happen to you, do you? No. Not, never ever. No, you read loads of stuff in the papers. Yeah. You? you never think it's going to be your kids or your grandmother that you're reading about. But actually, it was my dad in the end, you know? Um, and that's just nothing you ever thought was going to come, especially at such a young age. Yeah. Obviously, with your dad being quite a high-profile um, man in the country, how did you sort of react to sort of your dad's story being out in the public and stuff? It was really difficult because obviously press are press and they've got a job to do. Um, and to be fair, I respect that because, you know, they're paid to do a good job. Um, but there was there were some quite hard times where they were calling the hospital whilst he was in bed and he was being treated by nurses. And, 
you know, you, like I said earlier, you, you do have to step up to the plate on that. So I, um, I took on especially one guy um, and cut a deal with him that I'd give him the exclusive on when anything happened to dad. And just to leave us alone, you know, and that's something really I didn't feel that I should have to be dealing with as a as an individual looking at my dad, but forgetting that he to the outside world he was someone else as well of, of interest. So now I look back on it, I can respect what the guy was trying to do, but actually there should have been a bit of a better respect level there in the first place not to do it. Yeah, it's a hard yeah, situation. She was on the other foot, and their mm. dad was in that hospital bed. They wouldn't want to be bombarded by messages. Absolutely not. Like, how's your dad's like um, situation and stuff like? That? You just want. Yeah, but this individual was calling the bedside to the nurses saying that he was a friend of dad's and he just wanted oh, to find really, out how yeah, he was doing. So there's yeah. ways of doing things, right? Yeah, and, definitely. And that certainly isn't a way to do anything like that. No, it's mad. It's mad to think that a person could do that, really, isn't it? But that's the world we live in, isn't it? And Unfortunately. Then, and then, like, I think I spoke to you guys about it before. We, we, we then took the decision because of that kind of action to, to not let anyone know when the actual funeral was. Um, so we kind of had this whole secret funeral with the family no one knew where he was being kept or anything like that or where he was going to be cremated and and actually it was really nice because it just meant that we could spend it as a family and just have that time to ourselves without any external you could sort of relax a bit more without looking over your shoulder with like yeah. a beaming camera in your face so. not having that little bit of worry in the back of your head thinking like oh I'll how's my mum going to take the press being there or yeah. something like that isn't it I mean it's hard enough as it is right yeah 100% and, you know, yeah. for her what a horrendous day for her it's really bad for me and my sister and the rest of the family but for her especially it, that was a horrific day for her and the last thing you want is any added pressure or any added added thing to happen on that day that causes her more grief than she's already going to go through you know so. yeah 100% um, going back a little bit how, yeah. how was your mum after um, obviously yeah. your dad's passing she, um, she still struggles today to be fair um, I mean, I don't know about your situation. Yeah, the only, only reason I ask is because like, the way you talk about your mum and dad's relationship mm. seems very similar to like my mum and dad's. Like, just like, um, really clo- obviously loving and close, obviously wanted to grow old together. So Yeah, I think, you know, that's always the plan, isn't it? But mm. um, unfortunately, this was thrown away and she's, she's kind of had to deal with it. She's been phenomenal. Um, she's been a great mum to us both all throughout our lives. And I think through this, she's really almost stepped up to the plate as well herself yeah um she's um she's done really well looking after the grandkids and stuff like that and i think for her it's finding small distractions in the day um whether it be taking the grandkids out for a walk or i mean covid's really screwed that yeah, up at yeah, the moment yeah. for her god bless her but um yeah she was finding little ways of dealing with little moments in the day keeping her mind busy sort of thing yeah, yeah and i think i think the same for you guys yeah, right? 100%. And, and for me as well i think that's been the primary thing for, for all of us is that actually if you let yourself sit there and just fester on things all day long, it will really seep into Yeah, definitely. Um, if you can keep yourself active in some way, which you've done, we've done, um, I think it's the best way to try and get through things. Yeah. It's like, um, like the, not the man of the house now, but like the protector of your mum and sister. Did you feel like you had to put on a front in front of them to sort of hide your emotion at yeah, all? Yeah, I... I think people thought I was a bit weird if I'm being honest with you so when when everything was happening in hospital I think he was in there for four or five days um I kind of took that role on and that lead on it was almost something I felt like dad had trained me to do it that it was time to look after my mum my sister my wife and and everyone around us um so I started organizing things taking things on I went and talked to the doctors and nurses tried to deal with the whole situation ahead of them having to um, and just to warn certain people to try and help out with other parts of the situation as just well. done that sort of instinctly like yeah. sort of just took it upon you yeah. yeah I don't think it's anything you, you want to do or particularly no. think you're better than anyone else at. I think you just naturally 
uh, that way inclined or just not. Just do it, yeah. And, and I was a bit of a fighter, so I think that's the way I dealt with it. And you sort of, do you think your dad would want you to obviously take that step? Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah. He, he always said that if anything ever happened to him, you know, you've got yeah. to step up and be the one that looks after everyone. So. And it's nice to think they'd be proud of you for doing that as well, isn't it? Hopefully. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so going back, mate, um, to obviously like you're saying about your mum trying to keep her mind busy and all, all of us to keep our, try and keep our mind busy. Otherwise, you sort of can fall into that habit of like thinking about it all the time and getting potentially in a bad place about it. What did you do to sort of keep your mind busy? So at the time, I'd, I'd actually put on quite a bit of weight. And just beforehand, I was doing some national sales roles. And I was traveling up and down the country. I'm sure there's a lot of people that will listen to this that can uh, go through that same experience where you try and find the nearest McDonald's or Burger King, not the nearest gym to go to on your way up there because you're trying to grab snacks all yeah. the time. We hear, we hear it all the time, yeah. mate, obviously being PTs and now yeah, like that same sort of role, um, like working with people who've got that same sort of role, you hear it all the time. And so you just get into bad ways, yeah. in bad shape. And um, I, I thought, you know what? One of the things he kept saying to me was, you need to, for your health, you need to try and get a bit off. Who's um, your dad? Yeah, yeah. dad before, before he passed. So I thought, do you know what? I'm going to put my mind into that. Let's, let's, I think we went on holiday at the back end of April, May um, of when he passed, uh, just, just for a week and we had it booked. And I thought, do you know what? Let's get away. And when I get away, I'm going to start training again. And it was really little simple things like just going for a walk and a little jog and a walk and a little jog just to get the body started again. Because obviously I was thinking I was about 18 and a half stone at the time, so it was quite yeah, heavy. Yeah. Um, and in the end, I just focused on that. So that became my, my goal. Um, I signed up to a white collar boxing fight, which gave me a target to go and hit, um, which was brilliant. And I think having that that focus and that goal to try and train for really gave me that mental strength to get through that first year. Yeah, I think once you start seeing um, self improvement as well, it's like especially in the way you look, it's such a big thing nowadays. Like even if you see a stone come off your mm. your um, mental health is just so much better because you're you you're, start buzzing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went through three different wardrobes in a year. And I literally, I think I lost five and a half stone in that year. Mate, that's know, amazing. It was a huge drop. Mm. But, but I think people thought it was it was different. People thought it was the grief yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah. And actually wondered if I was actually really struggling mentally. Yeah. But actually, it was the complete flip opposite. I was using that as a kind of motivation. momentum and a mo yeah. motivation to keep it going. You know? Yeah, I think... I'd definitely say gym is, not saying the gym's for everyone but find something I don't know like you say like boxing or something like that it is like therapy it is, yeah. is its own therapy I think it does put you in a really well, good place well I kind of went back to where I was when I had depression when I was younger and it was actually activity and gym that got me out of that quite a lot I, yeah. it was, you know I'm, I'm really fortunate I met my wife at that stage as well um, but my main driver was getting in the gym training twice a day keeping fit and it gets those endorphins flying yeah, around your head. Yeah, you know? definitely. definitely. You like your cycling and that, don't you? I've seen on your social yeah, media. Yeah, so when, when I finished with the boxing um, year one, uh, I won the fight, if you're listening. <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, managed to win that, which is great. And I got such a buzz from that that I've actually, it was actually my father-in-law's company he just set up called the White Collar Boxing League. So I've joined that as a bit of an ambassador, trying to get people to sign up and stuff like that. And we're hopefully about to start launching some dates again, which would be brilliant. Oh, cool. Um, but I wanted to try and give myself a target every year. Um, and then I got in contact with a few people that I work with and they started this cycle tour up in Cornwall um, and it was for Joe Cole's foundation um, and he was part of the, the uh, trip as well. 
um, along with Steve Sidwell and a few others. Wayne Bridge was part of it. Oh, amazing. Um, so we all headed down to Cornwall um, and smashed that out in three and a half days, which was pretty harsh, I've got to say. I thought boxing was really difficult mentally in terms of like when you're one-on-one with someone trying to fight someone. It takes a lot someone. of balls, I guess. To but actually cycling mentally challenges you something chronic. When you get off a boat and you see a hill in front of you that's almost a right angle and you think we walking up that <laughs> like it really does test your brain the whole way through I, I didn't think it would but it really did yes okay. after that when um like you achieve something like that it does make yourself feel so proud of well yourself it wants you to do something else don't it yeah. it's sort of almost like straight away you're like what's what's next what's what can next i do one? next yeah and i guess that's sort of good when you're suffering with grief because not saying you're forgetting your dad but you're putting your mind elsewhere but it's well uh, i can assure it wasn't about forgetting every nah. day i got on that bike and I got into a bit of trouble. He was the driver yeah. to get me yeah. through it, right? Yeah, yeah. The little thought came in of what would he do right now? And he'd be kicking yeah. me up the backside yeah. saying, come on, get up that hill. Like, and it's those little things, even with the boxing, I kept thinking it. And it, yeah. sometimes I get on a treadmill and I'm in the gym and I'm just not in the zone at all. And you think, come on, you got to get through this. Yeah. And they'll creep into your head again. I can uh, relate to that because I'd done a half marathon and it's only a half marathon, but I was like, fucking hell, I've got to step up here. I'm a personal trainer like, if yeah. I have a shit time. But you was doing it for that. Uh, yeah. Like, but I, when I was running, I was like, I don't feel I could do this. But I was thinking in my head, my dad's been through worse. He's had a nine-hour operation. I'm sure mm. I can do a bit of running. Like it just come on, keep yeah, it going. Yeah. yeah, and I think you, I think a lot of people. Well, we do. I do myself anyway. Like um, it's not just like something like that. I'd, I'd use him as motivation with everything in life. Mm. Sometimes, like say for instance, if I was yeah just having like a crap day, I'd think of him like saying, "No, come on, boy, like you'll be all right," sort of thing. Mm. So. No, man, that's quality. And you've done the cycling for charity, didn't you? You've done a like, foundation for that, didn't you? Yeah, so it was Joe, it was Joe Cole's foundation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 11 Foundation. So, yeah, I think as a group, we raised about 55,000 for that, which was really, really good. Yeah. Especially at the start of COVID. Well, it was back end of kind of lockdown one. So that was really nice for people to, to donate towards that. And, yeah. yeah, I bet I bet they had like some really nice stories about your dad and stuff. That, yeah, they? it was really nice, actually. Yeah. Every now and again, we just sit down for dinner and stuff and everyone was picking up little bits of stories from time to time so oh yeah, that's cool nice. yeah I bet you um, like whenever um, like when we first sort of found out we was going to get you on the podcast and that obviously we um, like done our sort of like a few researches and stuff like that and we saw the um, uh, talk sport um, video where it was like Jose Mourinho talked about your dad yeah. JT um, I think Dennis Wise on there and that it's yeah, like there, isn't it? there's quite a few that um, like does not like makes you proud I guess like the soldier one we spoke mm. about earlier um, well, we were really fortunate. So before Christmas, about well, about October time, we were we were talking to Joe, one of the producers at Talksport, and um, he had a similar situation himself through that period of time. Um, and he had a really good relationship with Dad. And he said to me, "Look, I'd really like to do a, a series or a program on your dad." Um, so we started thinking about how we could do that. And then they afforded myself and my sister the opportunity to to do a whole show on him, which was an amazing experience. And again not something I'm overly comfortable doing. Like I've never really sat in front of mics before in a studio and yeah, stuff like yeah, that, yeah. but you kind of push yourself, right? Because yeah. it's about creating a legacy. It means a lot to you, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's quality. Like, um, he was known as like the biggest gentleman in football, wasn't he? Like yeah. a lot of the time and that. So the video uh, that stands out for me, he's talking, I don't know, he's talking to you, but on TalkSport, 
and he's saying on the pitch you need to be the hardest bastard pretty much <laughs> and then off the pitch you've got to be like the, the nicest guy, guy, the nicest it, guy. and that is literally <laughs> just like put a smile on my face because it's so true when you step on the football pitch you've got to be an animal and then off it you've got to be it's, a, it's any walk person. of life right so when yeah. you go to work you have to be the biggest the best at your job Yeah. because if you're not someone else will take your job in the future especially now it's, it's doggy dog out there you know in any role if it's a sales role you, you know you don't hit your numbers mm-hmm. there'll be someone else out there saying they can hit your numbers the next month and you you know you have to work your wassets off to make sure you hit them um, and when you step into a boxing ring you have to be mentally I'm going to win yeah. it's, it's no different but that doesn't mean to say you have to be an arse off it no. so as soon as you get out of it you can be a real gent and, you, and that's how he tried to live his life to be fair to him yeah I can imagine he was like really humble because he was like Chelsea's youngest ever captain wasn't he he was yeah yeah, yeah and like he played for England what was it 80, 84 six, times 84 times yeah Did so, he play so. when uh, Maradona done a handball so he was actually suspended for that game suspended yeah, he got sent off the game before, which I think he really, really regretted when that goal went in. I really, yeah. Yeah, he always tells me he'd have pulled him down, but I'm not so sure, to be fair. It must be nice, like, because um, your dad was, like, a footballing legend, pretty much. Like, to have, when, um, obviously, he passed, the messages you got through and stuff like that from, like, his footballing, like, his heroes, not his, yeah. hero, his heroes, but their hero was Ray and stuff like that. So it must have been, like, really nice to see messages like, oh, how much they thought of him and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Some of the tributes that came through from him were insane. And still now, because I saw the picture on yeah. Twitter of the Rangers and the amount yeah, of retweets so and stuff like that. I put that on yeah, the other day because, to be fair, we had the best time in Glasgow. I love the Scottish people. They're amazing. I still remember it as a kid now, running around the back end of, of um, Ranger Stadium, running around with all the other players' kids and stuff. It was amazing. And when I saw them have the opportunity to win the league on the weekend, I was just like, do you know what? I've got to post that because he will be up there at the moment just smiling his head off. Um, and I think he got nearly 16,000 views yeah. and likes and stuff. And I, I think was, it hit was, 2 million impressions or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they, they, they loved him up there, to be fair. Um, and I think it was, again, it was the Englishman going to Scotland and, and conquering, which was great. Yeah, it's amazing, mate. You know? He um, sort of he, he's played for some of the best teams in the world, hasn't he? Like yeah, he Chelsea. Has. Man United, PSG, AC Milan. Mm. How does it feel when like you hear that? Obviously, I know you've been brought up with it, but like, how, how does it feel when you hear that? Yeah, I think it's weird. So when you're in the bubble, as yeah. call it, and you're you're kind of moving around and stuff like that, you you don't really recognise it. Yeah, um, I was going to say, do you appreciate it more now? As absolutely. That, do, yeah. Sitting back and like, I think I said to you guys that the other day, some accomplishment, isn't it? Yeah, I saw a pass he made for QPR the other day. Yeah. And I sat there and I thought to myself, do you know what? I'd have broken my ankle trying to make that pass. How I'd have needed like 500 goes to get any cl- anywhere near that. That's on the dodgy pitches as well yeah, back then. Right? Exactly. And you, you know, you look at what they've got now and what they play with <laughs> in terms of boots and balls and stuff how like that. Good you think, have been. Yeah, you just think, how good would you have been now? But how actually, how, actually, how good were you back then? And it's only now I'm starting to look back at videos and one of my little boys, Archie, is really into his footy. He keeps saying, oh, show me some pictures of Pop and show me some videos of Pop. So we watch these little videos on YouTube. I mean, there's not much footage, but any footage there is. Must put a smile to your face just seeing like, yeah. how good he was and stuff like that. And that's your dad, like your superhero. Yeah, it's a proper proud mm. moment looking back yeah. at stuff like it's, that. It's nice to have that, isn't it? Mm. Like to be able to like go on YouTube and like, like you say your um your son like wanting to mm. see videos of your dad and that that's that's amazing. I think that's that. one of the luckiest things we've got actually, and we don't probably appreciate it at the moment because we're still in that process. But yeah. actually, when we do sit back and look at it, there's so much footage online of him in the media and not in the media, like outside stadiums mm-hmm. talking to fans and stuff like that. That it's there forever. 
a lot of people just have their family footage of when they go out and stuff yeah. like that and actually we've got that as well mm-hmm. but it's really nice to see that other side to him that we can show the grandkids and, and you know hopefully in the future their kids and stuff like that as well so mm, yeah and like with your dad's profile and stuff like that where he was like um quite high profile in the footballing world and stuff um it's it must be so hard to be able to be loved by everyone and it seemed like he mastered that do you know what i mean like everyone literally didn't have a bad word to say about him Mm. and that's like something again that you must be like really proud of do you know what i mean like because there's not many people who can have that is there no i think it's really hard to maintain that that kind of level as well like, yeah you've got to have a dip in it surely like yeah yeah, yeah. and to be fair he, you know no one in this world is flawless and he, he had his faults yeah yeah, yeah. wrong for one minute um but he also had his trials and tribulations yeah you know? definitely yeah. um and i think that's where other people maybe let him down rather than it just being like him being great to everyone yeah he started people's careers he i know coaches that would never have got to levels they got to without my dad putting them in. I know players that would have probably never played at the level they played at without my dad putting his, his efforts into him younger. And it, it's quite sad that when he ends up in a bit of trouble, those people aren't there for him. In fact, they're, they're long gone. They don't make a phone call or even drop a text, you know. So whilst he was he was a real gent and everything, there was some deep deep down some quite sad parts to my dad as well. That, was it, yeah? Yeah, that I think he felt, you know, maybe football let him down a little bit. Too nice at times, do you think? Yeah, I think from, from a work perspective, yeah. no. Because when if you talk to anyone that he coached, I think if anyone needed a rollicking, he'd give him a rollicking. He didn't muck about it, And yeah. he wouldn't muck around. He would tell you to your face. And that's the one thing he'd always do. He'd look you dead in the eye and he'd tell you to your face what he thought of you. Um, but I think outside the game, yeah, I think he got he was a bit too nice sometimes and actually taking a bit of that outside the game would have helped him out yeah definitely but you can't be perfect no you make mistakes that was obviously his his nature he was a not like a good person a Mm. nice person i know we've already said about that but that um that video obviously we about the homeless man who's who rung in was it to talk sport wasn't it yeah honestly that like it links so well to the other video like you've got to be the nicest person off the pitch yeah. like it just like he took it 20 it minutes out of his intro. day yeah. to 20 minutes out of his day to talk he could if like some professional footballers when he talked to him just walked past him and well, obviously we never knew about that because he didn't come home and brag about it mm. either we didn't even know about that yeah. story so when, when i heard that on talksport it really cut me up i was yeah. like what is this all that's about? amazing like he obviously he isn't my dad but i was like that's like like it's almost sort of yeah, yeah. So I've taken that into my own life, right? So I don't walk past anyone now. If, if anyone looks like they've... And I've got the time to do it, I'll sit there and have time with them. Mate, you're doing it now, aren't you? I'm not being funny. The first time we spoke to each other was over Instagram and mm. you was, you've been the nicest like fella since. Like We, we tried to do the podcast the other, other night and it cut yeah, out halfway through. We, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, literally, only fools and horses <laughs> over it. <laughs> um, yeah, mate, so you, you look like you're... Um, sort of lead like taking a lead off him sort Trying of thing to. yeah definitely that's quality so what's the sort of plans for the future uh i think in future we've spoken about doing foundations and stuff like that um i don't think it's anything i'm really going to be looking at doing at the moment i think what i'll continue to do is just some charity work um i need to try and help my mum out still yeah. try and help her from a day-to-day yeah, basis yeah, yeah. um my sister's now moved house which she's really kind of moving on a little bit um and coping a little bit better with things i think um, so yeah, mum's really the focus at the moment. Um, we've got a newborn baby due in at the congratulations. May, so congratulations, yeah, mate. Yeah, so that'll be number four. Oh, bloody yeah. So you can imagine our house keeps is going to be proper busy. So whilst <laughs> trying to keep everything else busy, that's going to keep us busy as well. So yeah, 
um, we, we've got a busy enough time ahead of us at the moment. Yeah, I bet your mum loves that though, doesn't she? All the grandkids and yeah, all that. I think it's really important. It's important we had some good news this year, that's for sure. Yeah, it definitely. That family unit alive, doesn't it? Yeah. Like you say, when you were younger, it was all about family mm. uh, all around these countries and you're sort of keeping that sort of... Trying to keep it yeah. going. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I was going to bring it back to your mental health. Do you yeah. know when you were struggling, mm. uh, when you were showing, do you think that put you in good stead when you your dad did die? Or, Absolutely. Yeah. I think it was like almost like training. Mm-hmm. Um, mental health issues are terrible to go through. Um, anyone that's going through it, it's the deepest, darkest place you'll ever be in. You hear people talking about it all the time and think, yeah, yeah, it's not me. If it happens to you, it's horrific. Um, and it's something you really don't know how to deal with. Um, and actually through it, you need, you need lots of love around you. You need people around you. And you, you'll find that person you click with that you'll, you'll talk to. And it, it can be nothing more than, actually, that's the person I need to talk to about this. And, and that was in my situation what happened. I found someone that I could talk to, put some trust in, um, and then I started to come around from it. But it, it was a long, hard process. I know that. Did you sort of feel ashamed to openly admit it when you was that mm. young? Was it, it, obviously, when it was... Not all them years ago without insulting your age. Uh, Thanks a lot, mate. Uh, was it? Because obviously, in the last few years, it's sort of come alive that mental health is actually a thing and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, well, back then. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, if I came out now, you know, you'd be on TV talking about it and all that kind of stuff. No, back then, you can't talk about mental health. It was something that blokes didn't talk about at all. It's a bit like grief, like yeah. what you guys are doing today. You wouldn't be doing this 15 years ago, not at all. No. Um, and if you were doing it, they'd be like a couple of sissies doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of attitude that we had back then. You know, it was an old school mentality. But that dinosaur age, thank God for everyone, has moved on now. Yeah. And we're in this different age of social media where people can sit down and have a chat about it. And they can find somewhere to listen to something like this to get them through a situation. Yeah. And I think that's really, really important that people open up still. Did you go down the counselling sort of route and stuff? Yeah. 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 I think it was really important. Um, I did some formal counselling. So I went to the Priory Clinic and stuff like that. Um, but I'm being really honest that wasn't for me I wasn't into group ther- therapy sessions I wasn't confident enough in myself to deal with stuff like that Yeah. Um, so in the end I found a specific individual that, that I really got on well with um, and we just clicked and she got me through the whole thing um, did, yeah. you, did you think about like potentially doing counselling again after your dad or so I haven't looked back at doing that at all have you not that's, no, that's, almost, that's good though mate isn't it that's really good it is but then I don't think anyone should fear doing counselling no 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 definitely I personally not. didn't need it because no. I thought I had the tools to deal with that yeah. situation I'm not saying it's good in the fact that oh yeah but you because obviously you've done it before yeah. like you you felt brave enough to do it before yeah. like oh, you would have definitely felt brave enough to do it again wouldn't you so, oh god if I needed it yeah, if yeah, I yeah. felt like I needed yeah. it I'd have been the first one to put the phone up and actually I encouraged my mum to do it a little bit because I knew I knew the way she was that actually she might need to just have a couple of sessions or something just to talk about a few yeah. things to open up a little bit to someone that isn't your family group. I think it's great having all these people around you that know you and you know they love you and they try and give you all the support. But actually you need someone to tell you something different that yeah. doesn't know you that doesn't know the individual yeah. that's passed yeah. yeah. gives you an honest opinion. Yeah. That's why we Rather. find these podcasts so good because like after doing um, we done one with Adam we done with Charlie and mm. it sort of like lifted weight off our shoulders because they're going through the same thing yeah um, yeah definitely not like the counsellors going through the same thing but they know what to say but when you've um, you talk to someone who's gone through the same thing you um, it sort of opens your eye there's more to life than worrying about like the um, road rage you had or something like that mm. like we say it does bore you up because um, in January I had like a really bad like depression stage yeah. so 
Um, and that would be just from boiling it up and then going home and I'll take it out on anyone. I mean, mum, you, girlfriend. And well, it's the nearest and dearest, right? Yeah. The, the ones yeah. that get it the first. So I remember when I was 18, um, I'd go home and I'd shout at my mum, I'd shout at my dad, I'd storm out the house. I was a bit of a petrolhead at the time, so I'd jump in my car and I'd bomb <laughs> it around the M25 for 30 laps or whatever it was of the M25 at one night till four in the morning. And it was just like, that was my release. That was how I kind of dealt yeah. with it. And when you look back now, you think, what an idiot. Mm. But actually, that was how your emotions took you. You, and you don't know anything else, do you? Yeah. Unless you're coached into how to deal with those emotions, you can't do anything about it. We we never, because, yeah, I'll be honest as well. I've, I've suffered with mental health problems in mm. the past as well. And I don't know why. I just never did do the counselling route. And I, I don't regret it, but in a way, I do regret it as well. Mm. Like I wish I maybe had done it. I'd done it, but it was because uh, COVID happened. It was over the phone, and I yeah. just didn't really. That is a personal yeah, touch. Yeah. Um, so it's just literally from doing these, my mental health just literally like sorted, not yeah, sorted itself out. This, in a way, um, has been our counselling in a way, yeah. as, as odd as that sounds. But you're talking to other like-minded people who've mm. been through something similar, even like different situations. But yeah, like you say, you don't feel alone in the subject, sort of thing. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, you're sort of thinking about, like, the foundation in the future and stuff. Um, how, you've raised quite a lot of money for your dad, though, haven't you? Yeah, I think when, when he first passed, we managed to raise um, quite a lot through Chelsea for Crohn's and colitis. Dad suffered quite badly with colitis. Oh, right, point, okay. Um, which is a subject that no one really likes talking about, but yeah. actually they need the exposure. There's a lot of people that suffer with those diseases, mm -hmm. and they're horrendous, so... Um, we thought of no one better really to give that money to. We then um, did some collection stuff around um, the church on his memorial that, that Chelsea helped us put on as well that raised about 12 grand for, for um, St. George's Hospital because um, they were phenomenal through that period. They yeah. were amazing. Um, and then personally, I've just gone off and done what I've done with the boxing, with the cycling and whatever comes this year. So I think overall we've raised over about 100 grand. So Mate, that's amazing, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. We, um, and it does make you feel proud when you say that sort of number mm. doesn't it because we've we've told we've obviously spoken yeah. already like we do like the David Chisholm Cup um, we, you've done like a few little marathons and all yeah. that <laughs> um, only a half yeah <laughs> but yeah like it, that does definitely um, make you feel proud I think and like um, I'd definitely suggest that to anyone um, who's sort of going through grief or have been been through it sort of do something that's we've said it before on the podcast like sort of make their name live on isn't but it but it's not about it's not even about the number right it's about nah, just doing no, no, no. something yeah definitely else. yeah it's like we, what we've said before on the podcast is like someone else is seeing your dad's name mm. and just go like just obviously your dad a lot of people will know anyway but it's still mm. nice isn't it you yeah. still want people to remember him no matter what you don't want people to forget him do you absolutely so um, what would you sort of say to someone in the same sort of situation, like going through grief or say, for instance, someone was, has the same sort of situation as what happened to your dad, what would you sort of say to them? What, with someone in the limelight or just someone normally? No, just, just anyone, yeah. So, I mean, first and foremost, it, it's about getting your head straight as quickly as you can and try and focus on something. So like I did with the exercise, try and get into something that you can do, whether it be going for a walk every day or maybe in something routine. So, you know, you get up and you have a purpose, especially through things like COVID when it's locked down and you can't, you know, might be on furlough or something like that. These people must be really struggling, not yeah. being able to go to work and get out of the house and do something mm -hmm. routine. So maybe create that routine for yourself and, and try and just work off the back of that and see where it goes really. Yeah. Oh, not, I don't almost feel lucky, but 
I feel sorry for people who have lost people during this sort of time because it is really yeah. difficult, isn't it? It's, it's horrific. So we unfortunately lost Dad's mum um, just for Christmas um, when she she didn't die of COVID, thank goodness, but yeah. she died of natural causes. Um, and actually, it was really sad going to the funeral. It was it was lovely seeing all the family and stuff because actually it was the first time we've all been able to be together. Um, but uh, but actually, that was really sad. And then my my other grandma, she was in hospital recently with COVID. Really, yeah. um, she's ninety four. She's actually battled through it, and now she's oh, been at amazing. home for about six weeks. Ninety four. Yeah, oh, so mate, that's actually, amazing. She's, she's taught me that actually you can fight through this stuff. You know, don't um, give up, sort of thing. Yeah, and she she had one focus, and that was to get home. She didn't care what happened to herself. She just wanted to get home, and she's done more than that now, and yeah. she's she's flying through it. So, fingers crossed, she keeps going the way she's going. Oh, that's amazing, mate. Mm. You've got to be positive, in you? Yeah, definitely, definitely in these times. I think after like suffering with grief, you just got to look at everything with positive mindset. Yeah, and I think um, you do, don't you? You mm. kind of put a, try and put a spin on it, even when something in like an old time might have been quite impactful. Yeah. You, you kind of think actually that's not so bad. We can deal with that. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Do you forget though? Like, sometimes do you forget like that, that you're in that? It isn't that bad. Do you know what I mean? Nothing's as bad as that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's and quite you, easy you to, have to isn't tell it? yourself that, yeah. don't you? Yeah. Especially if it's work related or something yeah. like that or you're travelling and there's a massive traffic jam, you've had a bad day and yeah. you're getting a bit aggy about it. You so worry you worry about the stupid things, don't you? I I try breathing, so I take a deep breath every now and again, just try and say to yourself, Come on, calm down. Yeah, ain't that, that bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um I I I quite often forget. Not not forget about obviously my dad's passing or anything, but like forget about like the little worries ain't actually that bad. Mm. Um and so dad used to say to us don't worry about anything until it's about to happen and yeah. actually it's such a true saying yeah, because so is, many yeah. people worry about stuff ahead of things happening but what's the point you spent three days worrying about it and actually you still worry about it on the day that that's it's happening right? and it might not even be that bad yeah a lot that, of the time when you you're a big worry aren't yeah, you proper. you like he's, he's proper known for it he's like he'll worry about i'd never used to sleep I'd, like things I'd, um, an exam i'd be um up all night i'd yeah. be like shit to myself but not yeah, yeah you d- but that's not a bad thing, obviously. Like, but yeah, you you've worked on it quite a lot, haven't you? Over the past, like, sort of, I'd, I'd probably say since Dad's passing, you've mm. tried to work on it quite a lot, haven't you? But um, yeah, you got to remember that sometimes. Mm. Like, life don't take life too serious in it. Sometimes you only it's too short, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, both our dads have proved that. You know, they've taken it such a young age, they, far yeah. too young. Yeah. Um, and young yeah. people are every day, aren't they? Mm. Like you, literally, I know it's and it is quite cheesy, but you do only live once, don't yeah. you? And you have got to remember that sometimes. That's why I find it amazing. Where, like you said earlier, Dad helped you through your mental health yeah. when you was younger. Footballing is you can't show no emotion as mm. such. So he sort of looked at his it's life like mm. football's just football. After football, there's life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just find it quality that he sort of put not football aside, but sort of said there's more to life than because a lot of footballers be like like Roy Keane for example mm-hmm. don't show emotion you can't do that and um, like but, but people think that about Jose right and and I know things about Jose and he's n- the biggest family man outside of football yeah and it, it's like you look at this stern guy on the side of the pitch and you think oh god I wouldn't want to be in the dressing room getting a rollicking off him but actually outside of football I've heard he's a wonderful man you know and you think about Alex Ferguson giving people the hair dry you telling me he doesn't go and hug his grandkids mm. like yeah, yeah, yeah. they're different people and they get this persona because of the sport they're in and the press as well and sometimes they, yeah. they hold it yeah right? sometimes they own it so yeah. actually they play up to it a little bit and it, and it works for them because you know roy Keane, 
he's going to be on TV forever and a day if he keeps. I, I love him. I think he's quality. But are you I, telling me if he's down the pub, he wouldn't be having a laugh with us? Yeah, right exactly. Now? You know, like, and apparently he's he's a really funny guy. He'll be apparently. proper sound. I yeah. guarantee it. <laughs> wouldn't want to fight him. No, definitely not. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play football against him. I've, I've played centre midfield. Used to try to anyway, and I wouldn't want to play centre midfield against him. <laughs> Even now. Yeah. Um, so we've actually spoken about it. We're going to try and get you involved for the old David Chisholm Cup, aren't we? I'm in. Yeah. Let me down. Sent him in filled with tubes, hopefully. I'll play out front. <laughs> oh, you can, up, he can pass in the ball. <laughs> yeah, on that one that stands in front of the goal and just taps it in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's some oh. lumps in there. There's some lumps that play as well. Like, yeah. Our brother being one. Yeah, He'll be listening to this, so I know. Hopefully that'll get him in the gym, motivate him. Definitely. <laughs> he built a gym about three weeks, no, about three months ago. And then uh, he was like proper on it. And then I see him the other day. I was like, you've been training? He was like... Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've looked at it yeah I was like why'd you build a gym there <laughs> um, mate I just want to say thank you again for coming on honestly it's been a pleasure it's having you on and that giving up your evening on a Tuesday it is no problem at all anytime you need me here I'm here nah, not only Tuesday as well we took your Sunday evening as well <laughs> yeah, for about days 45 minutes <laughs> nah but we really appreciate you mate um, yeah and hopefully sort of get you in in the future sort of stay in contact um obviously gonna plan the david chisholm cup hopefully um yeah and we'll sort of carry on going from there mate all right brilliant thanks a lot lads lovely cheers, cheers. thanks a lot mate